0: This morning, as we start together, I, um, it's always exciting when we welcome new people into, into the church. And, and, and it gives me great joy, because I grew up in a place where, where that wasn't celebrated, where it wasn't understood, because um, I didn't grow up in the church. And it was interesting. In the way I grew up. Um, faith and your journey with God and all of that was never really spoken about. It was it was supposed to be this personal thing. It was supposed to be this private thing that you lived out on your own and you never told a soul about it. All right. You see, well, maybe other people spoke about it. Maybe you people spoke about it, but my people never spoke about it, okay? So Around around the great meeting place, the briar fire, this was never a topic of conversation, all right? Nobody ever piped up and said, oh, I read the Bible today. Nobody ever said, oh, God's leading us this way. There was every conversation under the sun apart from that conversation. And, And it just spoke to me as to the fact that Faith and knowing God and, and all of that—it's a personal thing. It's a private thing. It's something that you do on your own. You grow alone. If, if you know, I didn't even know that you grow, but it, you know, it's the best way that I could describe it. You know, um, so nobody ever spoke about it. Well, nobody was supposed to speak about it because I remember not one but a few of the the worst family feuds happening around faith, happening around belief, and definitely around judgment and sin. Um, It was horrible. People almost came to blows. Um, And and these things never had a nice time to happen. Uh, Growing up, uh, there was a few times on Sunday lunch, between Sunday lunch and and dessert, which is a very, very critical time in, in a young man's life. Uh, these fights would break out. And my mom would grab me by the hand and say, okay, we're going. And I, I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, no, grandma's, uh, have you not lived in this woman's house? Grandma's dessert is on the line here. All right? And so that added to the pressure of everything. Okay? And so I didn't have a great experience growing up as to what it means to be a part of something like that. And then... At one stage, my parents started going to church. And they started about growing in their faith. Uh, and it was weird for me. Because I never really understood this. It was, it was a very, very strange new dynamic. when my parents started going to church and talking about faith and talking about, about God and, and wanting to read the Bible. And, and I didn't really get where I fit into all this. Because suddenly, um, my parents would, get, would gather together with church people on non-church days. Because Sunday is church day, right? Even, even if you don't go to church, you know that Sunday is church day, right? Uh, but they'd gather on another day. And, and then these people would, would speak about and share about what happened in church. I'm like, you were in church, now you talk about church again. Uh, you know, wasn't it bad enough the first time? Uh, Okay, I wasn't in a good place, okay? I'm just letting you into my story, okay? But they'd speak about their journey with God and how they were challenged and how they're falling short and how they're making it and, and they'd share their weaknesses and they'd share how they're growing. And even their successes were a bit strange to me. It, was, it didn't fall in my framework of what success was, Okay? Now, I'll be very honest with you, it didn't really help that I was a, I was a teenager at this stage. And, and technically, I knew everything. Um, I, I did realize that about 18, I started l- losing my memory. Uh, it was a terrible time when I, when I realized that I don't know everything anymore. I wish I could go back there. Um, it might have happened to you guys too, I don't know. It might, I, I don't know. But so, I had this assessment of these church folks, of these Jesus follower folks, that they were weak, that they were strange, and that I didn't really fit in, because I didn't want to fit in, let's be honest. So my assessment was extremely flawed, because they had strength and they had resilience in their brokenness. And in their sharing their drama, I saw the strength and resilience grow. And so, although I I would like to think that they were weak and they were dysfunctional, they proved me wrong over and over and over again. All right? They had this amazing confidence in the midst of doubt and in the midst of insecurity because they drew their strength. from this togetherness, from this hanging out together and hanging out with God. Now, it didn't make a lot of sense to me because I decided that it shouldn't make a lot of sense to me, but it it also had warred against my inner critic and it warred against my isolation because I, I wanted to be the one in the corner who sits in the corner and criticizes everybody Tells them how bad they are and, you know, maybe if they look bad, I don't, you know, maybe the truth of how bad I am doesn't come to the fore. It's a wonderful place to live. Don't go there. All right. So all of this, all of this that I've just explained didn't make a lot of sense to 18, 17, 16-year-old Vanna. Because I was doing my best to ignore God, to squeeze God out of the picture and, and to make these folks look bad feel bad think bad all right i was trying i was trying wow well, i was trying to ignore not only god but the very reason i was made i was trying to ignore the very reason that all of us were made and that reason is that we were made for relationship god made us to hang out with us to spend time with us. We always read this scripture, Genesis 2 and verse 18. We read it at weddings and it's pretty obvious and I'll show you why. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And all the guys said, amen. Okay, three of them caught it. Um, (laughs) It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. But the thing there, the word man there was not just speaking about Adam, it was speaking about mankind. And it's not good for us to be alone. You see, being alone was never part of the plan. Being, Being alone was never the point of anything. Because God creates for six days. And it is good, and it is good, and it's good, and it's good, and it's good, and it's very good on day six. And then suddenly this thing that is not good creeps in. And what is that thing that is not good? Is that someone is alone. Is that the pinnacle of creation is alone. It shouldn't be alone. It was made to share life. And to share experience and to have relationship. So why do we isolate ourselves? Why do we run away and try to hide in a corner and point our finger and I'm making you me? Yeah, I, get, I hope you're seeing that. But we do that. We get hurt uh, or, or, or we find ourselves in a place where we're a little bit negative and we go and stand in the corner and we isolate ourselves and we look at the rest of the world and we point our finger and go, you this, you that. And maybe if we make Them look bad enough. We'll feel better about ourselves. We do that. Don't look so holy and sanctimonious. All right. Because it's possible for us to be in a crowd of people and to have never felt so alone. You see, we don't need a crowd around us. We need connections to people. And I don't mean like hubba connections, I mean like real life connections, sharing life kind of connections, not isolation. The word we use in this church, the word we use from this pulpit ever so often, is the simple little word called community. I probably said it about five times when we were praying over the new members. We need community because we were made for it. It's not good for man to be alone. So what is community? I went and I found a dictionary um, just to give me the the real meaning of it, but I'll give you my meaning of it just in a moment as well. The dictionary says that a community is a collective. It's a people or group who, who come together, who associate together. They have shared values and they have shared interests. That's a very broad definition, isn't it? Because then, like, golfers in a club is a community. Um, There's other social groups that are communities. But we're a little more specific when it comes to the church. In the church, as Christ followers, community means having meaningful relationships where people share their lives together, where they get to encourage each other where they love each other, they care for each other, they serve each other. And then they do all those things to others who are not part of the community. Not to to coax them into the community, not to run around with sweets trying to catch kids, no, no, no. But to love them enough to know that they need community. All right. And they do all of this as they faithfully chase after God. So my people, my people wants to be known and to know others. All right? It's knowing and being known as we pursue and we grow into the best versions of ourselves, as we pursue God, sorry, and we grow into the best versions of ourselves for His glory. That's the point of community. That's why we're here. You see, we, we, we read in the New Testament that we need to fight the good fight, that we need to run this race with endurance, this race called life. But all the time, it includes all of us. It includes family. Uh, the writer says, let us, not you go. Not you over there, run this race with endurance. No, 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 let us run this race with endurance. Let us fight the good fight of faith. It's never, it's never a, I'm gonna stay here and you go over there kind of analogy. It always involves being together. Where does this start? Where do we see this first? Well, Acts is kind of the chronicles of the first church. If you go and read the book of Acts in the Bible, it chronicles literally the lives of the first church. And it describes the first church as doing some very, very interesting things. Uh, Acts 2 and verse 42 says the following. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Okay, So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they devoted themselves to fellowship, they devoted themselves to sharing meals together, And they devoted themselves to prayer. Okay. They learned together. They hung out together. They ate together. And they prayed together. Man, isn't that just the best church ever? We get to learn together. We get to hang out. We get to eat. I think they should have put that one first. All right. And we get to pray. Why? Because we get to encourage each other. It then continues to describe how they did these things. From verse 43, and I don't think that's on the board. But from verse 43, it says, "...a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders." All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want that. You see, that, that 18-year-old, he wanted that. He's just too proud to admit it. We all want that. We all want to share together. We all want to share life together. You see, all our, all our accomplishments, all our great things that we do, it's very hollow when you only have yourself to celebrate it with, isn't it? God has more for us than hanging out alone. So if we want that, if we want that kind of community that learn together, hang out together, eat together, and pray together, how do we get that? Where do we get that? Well, my challenge to you is sign up. Come to church, be part of church. And if it's not this church, then then find a Jesus community that you can belong to, you're living life at like 30% if you don't. Possibly even less. Because you were never created to be alone. I'll quote the scripture to you, to, to you again. It is not good for man to be alone. By the end of this, you'll get it. It is not good for us to be alone. So join us or join the Jesus community you fit into Be part of it. Force your way into it if you have to. If you want, if you need, if you're one of those folks who need an invitation, here's Jesus' words to you. Come, follow me. Because even that happened in community. They had a tight-knit little 12-person community that they ate with, slept with, like did everything with. That's a little more uncomfortable than what we have, I think, All right be part of what God's doing. It's not good to be alone. And it's even worse to sit on the fringe. Because so many times, we're like, I'm not not there, but I'm not here. I'm kind of just on the edge of things. And you're in the crowd, but you're all alone. And it's the worst place that we can live. I want to challenge you this morning to risk being part of something bigger than yourself. It's well, well worth it. But we sit on the fringe because we're afraid to get hurt. We sit on the fringe because we're afraid that it might call us to be committed to something. You know, you think guys are guys have issues with commitment when it comes to girls. You should hear them when committing to other things. You know. Because it will cost you a little bit. But the reward is amazing. Colossians 3, from verse 12 to 17. Uh, I want you to note the use of us and the use of together and and those ideas in these scriptures. Colossians 3, from verse 12 12 to 17, says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves... You must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. All right. Isn't that just a wonderful place? Paul here is saying, Church in Colossus, have other people join you going to be uncomfortable, they will offend you, forgive them. They will act unlovable, love them. They will be discouraged, encourage them, and expect the same from them. And, I'm sitting, and I can see you sitting here going, but that's exactly why I don't want to join. That's exactly why I don't want to sign up. It's risky, isn't it, signing up? It's risky to be a part of it. It's risky to take a step and say, hey, I want to, I want that. But sitting on the fringe, we're stealing from ourselves. When we get in the game, everything changes. Verse 14 says, above all, clothe yourself with love. Paul just saying, the only way this works if we, is if we literally take love like a jersey and put it on every day, Okay? Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. As for members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I love how that's another sentence. It's like, oh, oh, yes, and always be thankful. <laughs> because we forget to be thankful. We get, to, We forget to be thankful for the people that rub us up the wrong way, don't we? Because getting into community, getting into a church, getting into like-minded people, more often than not, you get wrapped up the wrong way. It was beautifully explained to me the other day. Um, My wife and myself, we're listening to a lot of things around marriage and family. And the one guy says, uh, you always hear these stories of, of a man and a woman getting married. And it's like all their little parts just melted together and was this beautiful union. And he says, it wasn't like that for me. He says, I was broken and my wife was broken and when we came together, it was all these broken pieces that was pointing outwards and pointing inwards and everybody was getting hurt. Congratulations, that's relationships. That's relationships as married people. That's relationships as families. That's relationships in the church. We're all a little broken, aren't we? We all have jagged edges, don't we? And those edges are sticking out, and those edges are pointing in, and we need each other to smooth those edges out. We need each other to love each other enough to go, ow, uh, just check that. And to have other people come to us and go, you, you did that thing where you hurt people again. Check that. It continues from verse 16. It says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom, all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So many times we want to join in for selfish gain. Don't we? We don't really want to join in to to show off Jesus. It's like, I'm hurt. You need to love me. It's like, ah, uh, okay. It's like, is it like, did we get a Christian badge that said, "In all times, love all people"? Well, yes, we did. But uh, you know, the, the person who comes in and says, "Oh, love me," didn't know that. All right. What Paul's saying here is, is come with the right attitude. Come in and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm willing to love." Man, I'm even willing to get hurt. At the cost of growing, at the cost of coming, becoming more and more like Christ, because that's how community works best. If people come willing to be part, no matter what the cost. It's not. You guys don't look extremely encouraged right now. Were you like, oh man, I was hoping that there was this this prayer that we prayed, this this little badge I get, and then everybody's just nice to me. And I, the problem comes when we add people. And yet, church was made for people, wasn't it? All right. But we add people and then suddenly things go squiff. Because I'm part of it. I know you guys are much more perfect than me. So will you just forgive me? And then find it in yourself as, as like a learning experience that you can forgive the next guy. And and maybe as a learning experience that you can forgive the next guy when he messes up. But that's church. That's community. That's family. That's husband and wife relationships. That's relationships. It's not good for man to be alone. It's risky. To be part of something bigger than yourself. But it's good for you to be part of something bigger than yourself. It is what God has called you to, is to be part of something bigger than yourself. Now as a young, arrogant person, let me just stop there. I thought that faith was this personal thing, this individual wrestling with with the unknown. Until you kind of got a sense of where you're going and where you're pointing at. And, and I would read the Bible with that lens on, with that filter on. And I'd read about guys like David, who were all alone with the sheep. And I'd go, See, proof that I need to be alone. I'd read something like the account of Samuel, who, who God comes and he speaks to him alone in the middle of the night. And I'd go, See, proof. Alone is good for me. And I'd read an account like Moses where God finds Moses alone in the wilderness. And I'd go, oh, yeah, proof. Alone is good. The problem is I only read half the story. Because God challenged David when he was alone to become a leader of a nation in community. God challenged, challenged young Samuel on his own to once again become a leader of a people, of a community. Same with Moses. Yes, he was caught all on his own there in the, in the desert. But the point of the catching was so that he could be a blessing to a community. So that he can change the destiny of this people group. God might find us alone. But I point you back to Genesis. It is not good for man to be alone. When we're drawn in, when we're drawn close to our tribe, to our people, to our community, God shows us what he's placed inside of us. He shows us the blessings that he's made us for. He grows us into the people that he made us from the start. We need those people. We need those people to soften the edges, to smooth out the edges. We need those people to come to terms with the talents and gifts that God has given to us. Because the more and more we find our place in our tribe, in our community, in our people, the more and more we live out God's best for ourselves. So the last thing is how do we community? Because I've been using this as a, as a verb, as a do word, haven't I? How do we community? How do we do community? Because I hope you've realized this morning, community is so much more than, than a description of a bunch of people. It is something that we actively participate in. It is something that we, we, we throw ourselves into. And there's a chance that it might hurt. And there's a chance that you might break your ankle. But I promise you those are just chances. I can guarantee you that you will be touched, you will be changed, you will grow. And you will become the person that God has created you to be. So how do we do community? How do we community? I want to quote Andy Stanley here. He said this. He said, What if we just one another one another better? Now, without context, this makes no sense. But what if we just one another one another better? And what he's alluding to is that all through the New Testament, there are these one another statements. It's God commissioning us. It's God challenging us it's God encouraging us to something one another all right and these one another statements are found 59 times throughout the new testament these statements call us to serve one another calls us to honor one another it calls us to encourage one another to pray for one another It calls us to instruct one another and it calls us to forgive one another because that's what community is all about. That's where we grow. That's where we get get shaved a little bit smoother. It's when we serve, when we honor, when we encourage, when we pray, when we instruct, when we forgive. When we stop going, well, I need to be served. I need to be prayed for. I need to, I need to, I need to. And we put the shoe on the other foot and we go, I'm going to. And in the process, trust me, you will be served, you will be loved, you will be encouraged, you will be prayed for, you'll be instructed, and you'll be forgiven. And we're attracted to this because it's what we were made for. As the band comes back up, We've realized this morning that so many times it's easy to sit on the fringe and to criticize everything that's happening in the fight, in, in, in real life. But it's not until we get into the fight that we step into who we really need to be, that we become who we created to be. And that's why we long for community. Whether we're saying, and and I know this to be true because it was true for me. Whether I like to think that, but all alone, I'm so much better. People just get in my way. My selfish pursuits never led me anywhere, I'll be honest. In fact, that's not quite accurate. My selfish pursuits continually led me to people. The very people I was trying to get away from. The very people I was trying to run away from was the people that God used in my life to grow me, to teach me, to encourage me, to pray for me. So I want to encourage you this morning. It is not good for you to be alone. Become part of your people. Are you hiding in a crowd? Or are you connected to a community that loves you, challenges you, gives you an opportunity to serve, gives you an opportunity to grow? Because there is belonging, there is healing, and there is breakthrough in the community that God has for you. So I want to leave this with you, join in, sign up, be a part, take the risk. It is well worth your investment. Because God's best for you is hidden in those people who you are looking inward to and criticizing. Who you're looking inward to and going, But they don't, but they don't, but they don't. And God, this morning is challenging us. It's your turn to do that, do that, do that. Everything that we criticize is exactly the things that we need to be doing. That's why we're so good at finding those faults because we see them in ourselves first. It's called the Holy Spirit inside of you. loving you into a place where you go, oh, I need to change. Look at that. He's just much more of a gentleman than what I am. So I wanna pray for you this morning. To have the guts, to take the plunge. To serve, to honor, to encourage, to pray, to instruct, to forgive. Become part of what God has for you. We close our eyes. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for what you've had to share with us this morning, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you created us for community, you created us for togetherness. But Lord, you were never naive in thinking that it's going to be easy. You were never naive in thinking that it's going to be perfect. But Lord, you knew exactly what we needed to grow us into the men and women that you've created us to be. So, Lord, this morning, I pray that you help us with the courage to join in. Lord, help us to have the courage grow into what you have for us to take the step in lord and when we get hurt and when we get disappointed and when we get discouraged father god i thank you that we have you to lean on first and lord i thank you that you help each and every community that's around us father god to be good representations of you you that we can all know that we're all growing, we're all getting there, and none of us is perfect, but we follow the one who is. We follow the one who's redeemed us, who's saved us, and who's changing us on a daily basis, and we thank you, Lord, that we get to join into what you are doing in our lives and in our generation by taking a simple step of faith. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.